Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, oh, there's no Akiva Wheels Wienerker. Uh, we are recording. This is an emergency podcast, which is actually not that much of an emergency now because the news happened several days ago. But uh, we've been distracted by uh, ridiculous things like the VMAs. But we finally have with us our longtime Colts fan, Jacob Lewin. Jake, uh, it's a time of mourning for you. Uh, I'm sure that you were blindsided. So tell me a little bit about how you heard the news, how you reacted when you heard the news, etc. Bring us into your mindset. Uh, sure. I um, I was actually about to go into the shower and I saw my phone, got a text, you know, WTF, WTF, what's going on? Uh, BDE, Andrew Luck, which uh, is a acronym in, uh, for, in Hebrew for... Uh, Baruch Diana MS, which means that, you know, Andrew Luck is, his career's over, career's dead. And I was just like, what the hell are you talking about? Because I hadn't gotten the CBS um, or the ESPN update on my phone. And then like one minute after that, I got the update and I was just like floored. Um, and I, I ended up taking a shower, like basically not thinking for five minutes. And then I went downstairs. I still didn't believe it. I thought it was all fake. And then I turned on the TV and I saw the press conference and like, I was just sobered at that point of just of watching something that, at that point it was real. I couldn't deny it anymore, you know? Yeah. How does Lux retirement compare to some of your greatest losses of games that you've had as a fan? So it's funny you say that. Like I, I actually contemplated the, the emotion I felt was very similar to after uh, the Colts Super Bowl loss to the Saints. Very similar to that kind of feeling mm-hmm. where, like, whenever I'm upset, you know, some people have, like, a way of reacting. They, they either drink or they eat or whatever. Like, for me, I just shut down. I just, like, shut down. I My wife was actually away for the weekend. I was just at home with my son, and I just... I just went to sleep at 11. Like, I just, like, I just went to sleep. I couldn't even, like, I didn't want to be awake. I didn't want to think. I just, I had to, like, just go on my own. So, uh, you know, after that Super Bowl loss, I pretty much did the exact same thing. Like, I turned off the TV and just, like, went to bed. So, But the thing is, when you lost the Super Bowl, you still think to yourself, we still have the greatest quarterback in the world, you know, in his, how old was Peyton then? Like, he was 27, 28, something like that. We're going to have another chance. Whereas now it's like back to square one, right? 
Yeah, it's, it's oh, no, that was also Super Bowl 2009, like, so. And also yeah, you would already won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. You would want a Super Bowl just right. three years earlier also, so. Right, so that, yeah. the, the reason I was so upset in that moment was like. It was near it, the end it was, of Peyton. That was, right, it was also the dynasty. Like at that point you were going to, you know, really have a, a, what would have been considered an AFC dynasty, a real NFL dynasty. Um, yes, so it, it's different than a loss because like at least you know that you have another year or whatever. Um, I wasn't as like, for example, I was thinking about it today that when PG was traded for Oladipo and, and Sabonis, I wasn't upset at that moment. I was like, all right, you know, we got something for this trade. And at the time my thought was it's two first round picks that didn't pan out wherever they were. Maybe it'll work out in Indiana. Right. But here you're left with just nothing like and I'm listening to some, some like local podcasts, local radio about uh, local meaning Indiana radio about you know Jacoby Brissett might be better. He might come around. In 2017 was you know there's all this other stuff, and now there's more potential, better roster. It's like I, I can't get myself to really buy into that that narrative, even though because that's not as reassuring. And even when like Peyton left in in March. Um, 2012, I wasn't even upset because I knew Andrew Luck was on the way. Like here, you're just stuck with like. But that's not no, normally how it works. Good for the next 20 years. Yeah. Right. Exactly. This is the first time since I was probably, I'd say, 10 years old, where, or eight years old, where like the Colts just could suck, forever. They could just never be good again. It's totally reasonable. Well, when you Maybe say I'm wrong. again. And, and I understand you're at like that moment of depth right now. Uh, you know, you're right in the, but like, you know, you're still processing, but why do you assume ever again? I mean, this is the NFL, right? This isn't, this isn't basketball or, or, or baseball where teams get stuck in a certain position forever. Right. That is true, but yeah, I, don't I mean, know. you're not, you're not, you're not, you just don't your, your know. expectations is, for this year have been reduced, obviously. Oh, right? obviously. But, but, but I'm yeah. trying to think about it. When I was, you know, last 1995, I was, um, I was 12 years old, right? So that was when Harbaugh took them to the AFC title game and they lost that game. That was yeah, against the Steelers. I remember that. Right. Yeah. I remember that too. It was crazy because, like, the Colts were never really relevant even yeah. when they moved to 1984 until that season. There were a couple of years with Eric Dickerson. I think, you know, late or early 90s, they had, like, one okay season. That was, like, a really impressive year. And um, Well, they went 9-7. and seven. It wasn't like they were great all season. Going to the AFC title game, and they had a chance yeah. to win that game. They, not, yeah. not even yeah. before that that drive where the the, the Hail Mary pass that, that didn't go through. There was a point where um, Quentin Corriott missed a wide-open interception. Like, the ball bounced out of his chest. And if he had caught that, it was a pick six. No complete daylight to the end zone. So, mm -hmm. um, there was... Like, that was a moment where, okay, we're actually relevant. And then... Um, but I, all my life before that, and even the few years after that, the Colts were just not really relevant. Like, thankfully, the Pacers, when I was growing up, it was a basketball city. It was yeah. all yeah. Reggie Miller, all Pacers. And the tide turned, you know, and really the end of the 90s, what, pretty much the end of the 90s when, when Manning really became something special um, in his second year. So now I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was like, and I, I really can't because I was so young then, to be at a point where you're like, oh, the football team just might not be relevant. 
And I and I walk into every season. I'm not one of these people who's like, we got to win the Super Bowl. I just want to know every Sunday my team and my is going to be worth watching and the season's going to be worth enjoying. Like, and I've had that even for I've pretty much had that feeling since 1999, where every single year. I know the Colts could be relevant. Well, not maybe. the Curtis Painter year. <laughs> right, but that's okay. But that's uh, that season, if you remember. By the way, that also was, happened right before the season started. I mean, I remember in a fantasy draft, Peyton Manning was taken. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, yeah I, these, I actually thought Colts he was going to play. Really, yeah, really wait till the last second to, to miss the season. Um, you know, and then of course you had that season that you missed with luck a couple of years ago. Right, that was, and there was a lot of rumor and speculation that he might play. Yeah. He might. Well, play. I was ar- I was arguing that year that Colts fans and season ticket holders should bring a class action lawsuit against Ursay because my theory was that they knew all along he wasn't going to play, and they just strung it along because they knew you know they wanted people to keep paying attention, so they kept kept wanting to sell tickets, and so they told everybody, oh no, no he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back, because you know it, it wasn't like oh he might miss a month or two, it's he can come back any day, and then that was the case for literally months. So I think so. I think that's what's happening now. Um, yeah. A friend of mine who lives in Indianapolis mentioned that there's there's discussion of a potential class action lawsuit, and I think this. this <laughs> I mean, so I was it's funny. Joking, it... <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. And then what's funny is that I, I was actually doing like a very minimal legal analysis of it. Would be that you have to have somebody who bought the tickets with the understanding that he would would be playing this year and they misled and i don't and i think that zone of when that actually happened is very low because at no point was there ever a representation that he wouldn't play until really otas that was yeah. the only time really so you're talking about who bought season tickets between april or or may rather in, uh, up until now which is probably not that many most yeah, people but already have. At no point does the team Whatever. make guarantees about the appearance of any specific player. Right, of course, so. that, that's another factor, yeah. too. And I'm also, yeah, also I'm the aspect of, of being similarly situated. There's no class. It's almost impossible to get a class. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so funny. Like, that's what media pundits are, are uh, yeah. espousing. Whatever. Well, yeah, you got to reach for something. And so these ideas of revenge or whatever. Are getting, now, um, so, I mean, do you, now, wh- where do you put the percentiles of blame? Or is it not a blame thing at all? It's luck just made the right decision for himself. Like, are you like, a lot of people are blaming Grigson, for example? Right. I um. So I think two things could be true at once. Um, I I put fault at Grigson, but then I was thinking about it again today. Um, when Grigson first started his first season, when he drafted Luck and he drafted T. Y. Hilton, like I think did he win Executive of the Year? I believe so. Yeah, he did. And those and objectively those are two amazing picks. Like they really panned out very well. I mean I mean obviously that's a no blame. Oh, I don't know, yeah, I don't know if taking luck was like no you know, brainer. Like there, was, there, was, there was you know discussion about whether RG three would have been you know, not not the same as a competitive with other first round debates, but whatever. The point is T. Y. Hilton was a great grab. I forgot who else was in that draft offhand. Um, but and then it was I think if the theory you could argue is that it all got to his head, meaning I think he could have been a potentially good GM if he was humbled, but like it's almost too success too quickly. And then he says, Oh my God, I have a franchise quarterback. I, I could just draft all these skill position players or, or unique players. And instead of just trying to do like a slow rebuild, you know, 
Because even as a Colts fan, that season that they went to the playoffs, this, that Andrew Luck's first year, that was shocking. I, I don't think anyone expected them to go 11-5 and five and make a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. And th- I mean, I think that's Luck's legacy, that he took a couple of crappy teams to win 10 or 11 games. Then, of course, that playoff game against Kansas City, the great comeback. The great comeback. Right. Oh, I'm looking back at it. His draft pick, uh, the, those draft picks that in, in, in uh, Ryan Griggs in first year, Kobe Fleener in the second round, he was solid. Yeah. Dwayne Allen was solid. And Vic yeah. Ballard was a pretty solid running back, too. But I think the issue is that there's no offensive lineman there, and there never was in his whole. You know, well, that was his, his first year. So then the second year, the only person he drafted was Hugh Thornton. Oh, they drafted Bjorn Werner, who sucked. And they drafted Hugh Thornton, who sucked. And Khalid Holmes at USC, who sucked. So at least in that draft, in the first four rounds, he drafted two offensive linemen. Okay? Then. They, in the sec- 2014, they traded the first-round pick for Trent Richardson, which, was, which we all agree. Maybe at the time, I, didn't, I found it a little more defensible, but at this no, point— No, at the time, and I think we discussed this on this podcast a few years ago. At the time, you, me, and Akiva, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you and Akiva and you and me were both simultaneously mocking that decision and the idiocy of— Oh my God! The Browns wasted a number three pick on a running back. Oh my God! They managed to convince another team to fall for it the next year, and um, I think that you didn't yet know, or maybe we had a three-way conversation. It was the first time we had ever communicated the three of us together. Is that what happened? There was a G chat. I think there was a G chat. Yeah. And Akiva brought it up. Okay, yeah. so I'm explaining this because everyone wants to go back and say Grigson was terrible. He also drafted in 2014. You lose a first-round pick. I forgot. I'm going to see who the Browns drafted that year. They drafted um, – oh, that was messed up because they traded up and down a lot that year. Um, they ended up trading to get Johnny Menzel, if I remember correctly. They traded up to get Johnny Menzel. Yeah, but you don't – when you give up a draft pick, you don't judge it by okay. who that team took. Right, of course. Especially if that course. team's the Browns. The Browns are the same team who were stupid enough to take Trent Richardson the year before. Right. So then – so in 2014, Grigson drafted Jack Muhort, who was pretty good – he had some injury issues, but he was actually fairly good. And Dante Moncrief in the third round, who's a viable receiver. So he drafted it. There's an offensive lineman. And then the following year, that's when he really, like, screwed up. Because in the first round, it was the 29th pick. It was right after they went to the AFC Championship. He drafted Philip Dorsett. And that's when it was just – there's nothing – that's when I think it went off the rails. Because there were other – even – I mean, linemen – like, you could argue you should have drafted linemen – uh, offensive linemen, but there are also great defensive players in that draft, like Landon Collins is in that draft. Um, I forgot who did the Patriots take that year. That I, yeah, but yeah, Malcolm Brown. There were players in that draft that you could have taken. Yeah, but but Andrew Luck didn't retire because of the Colts' inability to get you know defensive stars. In fact, they got a couple of amazing defensive stars last year, who you know are now are just coming into their second season. He retired because he was hit more than any other quarterback while he was playing. Okay, my my point my point is. They did draft linemen. It wasn't that he, there was no emphasis no, on they it. They were yes. very bad ones. Yeah, not they all failed. bad ones. But if you, I'm looking at the draft right now, who the Colts like theoretically could have taken in some of those years. I don't see any Pro Bowl linemen. All and, right. So I was not expecting a Steve Grigson defense. No, but, I'm uh, trying apparently. to say. I'm trying to say. <laughs> listen, you could argue very uh, soundly 
that Grigson did not do a great job of building an offensive line around Andrew Luck. And I agree. I'm not going to go and say that that's not the case. But at the same time, I'm also not going to argue that he didn't do anything right as a GM in terms of the draft. Also, they did draft Ryan Kelly. He did draft Ryan Kelly. Okay. All so, right, so let's. My point is, I, I think it's I think it's cheap and and too simple to say it was just Ryan Grigson. You want to put more blame on Pagano? Fine. I actually think Pagano is more to blame because they didn't build. He was not an offensive coach. They didn't know how to actually build a system around him to do the yeah, right he's stuff. He's not the coach now. Frank Wright's the coach. So. Well, this that's now. I'm saying, but in those years with Ryan Grigson, to say, oh, Ryan Grigson didn't draft any linemen. He didn't do anything right. There were some valuable players that he did draft. I know this is a little bit of like, uh, I would say unpopular opinion because most people just want to say, oh, it was all Grigson's fault. And I thought about that a lot today. I don't think it was just Grigson. I think you could put a lot of the blame on the coaching, um, ineffective coaching. And there were a lot of times when uh, that Andrew Luck was basically just had to bail out the team because they would their offensive game plans. I can't speak to anything directly right now, but I remember games where they would just they would have like three and outs a lot at the beginning of the game, a lot of un uh, uncreative um, play calling, and then at the end, Andrew Luck would just show up and have to win a game for them. Um, so I don't think that it's all Grigson; it's all his fault, and that's it. I think that there's a lot of uh, a lot more nuance to it, just like most things, you know, in life. Yeah. It's not that yeah. simple. Yeah. So this time last week, uh, what were your uh, sort of 25, 75 percentile expectations for this season for the, for the Colts? Right. Before I answer that, I just want to say one more thing about the, about, about uh, analyzing who could be at fault. Yeah. yeah. So there was a knock on Andrew Luck early in his career that he held the ball too long, that he tried to run into traffic. He, he was, uh, he took hits on his own accord, right? Instead of like, instead of, um, uh, instead of like sliding to try and get out of contact, he embraced the contact. Do you remember this at all? Yeah. Right. So that's, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, I'm going to blame him blaming the victim, so to speak. But, you have to remember, if that was a knock on him. It wasn't that it was yeah. all, oh, Ryan Grigson just didn't protect him. The lacerated kidney shot, he didn't go down on that early. He got slammed, and if he had slid, he probably wouldn't have lacerated his kidney. I'm not saying it, it's, it's all on Andrew Luck at this point. I'm saying it's a lot more nuanced. He was a very aggressive, rough player. And maybe it's possible that his calculus of deciding to, to retire comes down to, I want to be this aggressive, um, no-holds-barred player, and I don't want to be, as, quote, soft or go down and, and, and for longevity or whatever it might be. This, I want to play the way I want to play. And if I'm told that I'm going to have to keep getting injured and keep getting rehab if I want to play the way I want to play, then it's not fun for me anymore. Yeah. So I'm going to retire. It's not worth it. Exactly. And I think that's probably more of a of a of a putting the, all those things together, but no one's going to say that now because you, if, if if someone in the if if a pundit would go and say, "Oh, you know, Andrew Luck, you know, maybe he'd be a little more careful with his body. He could have played longer." That looks like you're blaming the victim. But I think there's a truth to that as well as Ryan Grigson maybe not drafting well for linemen. Yeah. Okay. All right, so so let's go. But so I want to know what what was your thinking a week ago about this team, the, for the 2019 season. So 
I, I wasn't one of the people that that thought straight up that the Colts were going to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think they have a really hard schedule this year. Uh, they're playing the Chargers, the Saints, and the Chiefs on the road. Two of those games are are uh, primetime games. Yeah. So not Although easy the, games. the Chargers on the road is not a is not okay, a, but still it's you have to travel yeah, cross you, country. Yeah. It's not yes, yeah. You'd rather play them at home. It's the first game of the season. It's not it's not an easy. They didn't get an easy slot. Yeah. Their division is you know not super difficult. They're playing the they're playing the Dolphins. That that's a nice <laughs> nice draw. <laughs> but they're also playing the Steelers, which is not an easy draw either. Uh, and they're playing the the AF, and they're playing the NFC South, which is Carolina. I Tough believe division. they play Carolina yeah. at home, but they're playing Atlanta on the road. Um, yeah. and they're playing no, they're playing um, Atlanta Atlanta on the road. I forgot. I know they're playing the Bucks in um, in Tampa. So I forgot uh, what the other ones were. But the point is, it's not an easy draw. I didn't think going in this season that they were going to be like twelve and four. I think I read it like one of, like maybe Sports Illustrated or one of these magazines said they were going to be twelve and four. I was cautiously optimistic eleven and five, more reasonably ten and six. Okay. Then the news comes, and right now, what's your prediction for the record for this season? So, you the point is, I just don't know. I, I'm serious, and I don't think it's fair. It's not really fair because you, I really... It's not like you haven't seen Jacoby Brissett play with this team. With this iteration of the team, with this coaching and this well, roster? Well, okay, not this exact 53-man roster, obviously. But the point is, it's not like you have no idea what... It's not like you have a quarterback so, who's coming so in Jacoby Brissett, here, So here's my here's here's how you can look at Jacoby Brissett, two ways. You can look at it as he's... I think his decision-making... In 2017 was questionable, right? But mm-hmm. then again, he had a really difficult line. Uh, questionable is being nice. He had a really bad offensive line and not a great coaching staff. I think that Frank Reich will be able to create a game plan for him that will work in an offensive line that could allow a quarterback who might need a little more time than other quarterbacks to, to make a decision. I, I don't think – I think that the fact that he had a full year of reps – um, helps. There were, if you remember that season, they had the lead in nine games and lost yeah. five of them, yeah. which is like unprecedented. I think you brought this up last year during the preseason. Yeah. Right. So it's unprecedented. I don't think Jacoby Brissett, and also, and I, and we could play a game if you want. Which quarterback would I rather have? Like, would I, would I, which quarterback would I choose? Would I choose Jacoby Brissett over that quarterback? Right. I can play that game. There are a few starting quarterbacks in the league that I would take. That I think Jacoby Reset is better than. Um, I'm not sold that this defense is like a awesome defense, like other people have, are saying. I'm not sold that all of the offensive weapons are that impressive outside of Andrew Luck. Um, so it's tough to know. I've never. I just. I don't know. Um, so if you want to tell me that the Colts go six and ten, right, that could happen. If you're going to tell me the Colts go nine and seven and win the division that could happen too mm-hmm. uh, i just i don't think they're going to go like three and 13 that okay. that i'm confident about i don't think that they're i think there's too much on the roster and there's too much um in the coaching staff uh to to say that they're just going to drop that badly and also Jacoby Brissett has been taking reps he's pretty much been the only quarterback uh practicing with the team so uh, it's not like one of these situations where your starting quarterback goes down week one, whatever it is, and now you have someone who really doesn't know the offense. 
yeah. come in, so there's a huge learning curve. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been primed. Um, I, you just reminded me of something interesting. Um, so I, I can't take credit for this. I think it was on one of the, the, the Ringer NFL show. Pointed out, do you remember um, uh, Jim Mersey? Someone, there was, a, there was an interview with Jim Mersey where he said, I'm not going to trade Jacoby Reset for a first rounder. Do you remember this? Not in particular. So there was some media report, you know, a long time, maybe like March or April, like around the draft or a little shortly around the, after the draft, saying that, uh, that Jim Mersey said, I wouldn't trade uh, Jacoby Reset for a first rounder. And I think people were like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why would you, like, most people would. That's a great, that's a really reasonable trade. He wasn't even, I mean, you, he was drafted, what, the fifth round? And then they traded him for Philip Dorsett, and then they ended up, like, getting, uh, and you would get a first rounder out of that. That's a huge draw, if you look yeah. at it. Just So the, the, they postulated on the podcast there that it's possible that they knew you know, this was in the, the possibility of Andrew Luck retiring was really there, and that's why they're like, we're not going to trade Jacoby Brissett because at this point, if you even if even if you're not sure if Andrew Luck's going to play or not, at least you know have a known commodity of what's what's going to replace him. Yeah, but let, let's not oversell Jacoby Brissett. I'm not. You know? I'm trying to point yeah. out the, the thought among process. among the 32 starting quarterbacks right now. Right, maybe you'd rather have him than like Eli or Flacco or Case Keenum because of the, he's younger and has upside. But there's really not a lot of names other than you know the ones I just mentioned. So I'd take him over Trubisky. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's an insane person. You, di- to take. you disagree with me, Josh Allen? Yeah. I'd take him over Josh Allen. I mean, look, I had Josh Allen number thirty-one when we ranked our quarterbacks. But you know, again, Josh Allen, you're you're you have for another purpose, right? You have higher expectations from going forward, but. Uh, all right. Well, let's. Why don't we do this? Because you're you you say you have no idea whether they're going to win three wins or six wins or nine wins. Why don't we actually look at the schedule and figure it out that way? So, as you said, week one at Los Angeles. I mean, you want to tell me they win that game? I wouldn't be surprised if they win that game. That's the crazy part. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because yeah. the Keenan Allen's injured. Well, is he playing? I'm not, I, I don't know for sure. I think I okay. think he's going to play week one, but it's, okay. it's not certain. Is Melvin Gordon playing week one? Who knows about that one? Right. Derwin James, is he? he's not playing. He's on yeah. IR. Okay. So you're saying, crap. yeah. So you guys are I'm down saying, luck, but they're down a lot of guys also. I see also, and also I think there's going to be a lot of, um, I, this is not a tangible uh, value, but nobody believes in us kind of thing. Everyone's going to. For the lucker, yeah. Right. There's going, I, there will absolutely be that charge of, Oh, All right, listen, if they're, if they're going to beat the Chargers in week one on the road, then, then they're going to do okay this season. So Right, I think that they could win that game. They could also lose by 20. Yeah. So if I was a betting man, I would actually probably bet the Colts on, uh, against the, on the spread. I would bet them to cover. Um, but if I want to be conservative, I would say the Chargers win. Now, uh, two years ago, also without Andrew Luck, you started the season in Los Angeles as well, as I recall. Yes, different part of Los Angeles, but yes. Yes. Um, did they lose by 20? I feel like they lost by a lot they more lost, than 20. They had Scott Tolzien, and yeah. no one remembered how good. That was also the Rams, like, shocked the world, so to speak, because nobody thought the Rams were good. Yeah. And then uh, what was the record that year? Were they 13-3? and three? What was the record that year? Who, the Colts? No, the Rams. The Rams that season. Yeah, no, the Rams had a good season that so, year. I don't remember. I think everyone walked in thinking the Rams sucked because that's how they always were. Yeah. And then they... They really were one of the better teams in the NFL. Yeah. They were eleven five. You, you still you still lost the game forty six to nine. Whatever. 
Now, I want to ask you another question. So you posted a video on Facebook of, of your son yes. crying. So it, talk me through your son's emotions. Okay, so um, I don't think he now, really gets it. but like, you're, So you're raising your son as a Pacers fan and a Colts fan, right? Yes. Do you have any other teams, or were you just a two-sport kid? Uh, well, I have Indiana Hoosiers also. Yeah, okay. And so you you never really cared about baseball. In the middle of the summer, you were just not into sports. So it's it's complicated. So I played baseball a lot, and I um, yeah. my mom's from Cincinnati, so she's a Reds fan. My dad is from like a suburb outside Chicago. He's a Cubs fan. Um, and also Indianapolis Indians is a, the local AAA team, and they were the Expos farm club for most of my, um, my childhood. So I guess growing up, it was like a hard – there are a lot of different competing influences. Um, I liked the Expos growing up because that was the team, that was the farm club, and you got to see players yeah. sometimes. And we, I would go to games all the time. Um, well, so you're used to having things taken from you, you're saying. Yes, exactly. I'm used to it. So, yeah. <laughs> so but when, I went to, when I went to Chicago for high school, um, I didn't really have like a dead set team. And it's weird con- conceptually. Did you go to Skokie? I was to Skokie for high school, yeah. Oh. So do you know what that would be like to show up? Like, I'm from Indiana, but I'm a Cubs fan. Like, who the hell are yeah. you? So yeah. I just kind of like let baseball. Although it's not like being a Cubs fan in 98, 99. Well, I guess he had Sammy Sosa. Oh, yeah, Sammy Sosa was playoffs. huge. Yeah, yeah so that's true. So I, didn't, I yeah. didn't end up like really – I just had no investment in it. There wasn't okay. as much investment. So I just kind of let it go, and obviously there's no hockey in Indiana. Yeah. So so now so now your son is uh, rooting for the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. And and you told him Andrew Luck is, is gone, and and I don't even know what he. How well, he, he was already that. he was already in a bad mood. Like it was it was more like <laughs> he was already having like a like one of the a meltdown. So I just added it in there. Okay. <laughs> what was funny was like five minutes like right before that or something, uh, our neighbor came over to go drop something off. And he he was wearing that Mets shirt. We went to the Mets game earlier in the day, and she's like, "Oh, what sports do you like? Like, I like football and I like soccer. Um, who do you like football? Like Andrew Luck." She's like, "Well, you're not gonna watch him in that month." <laughs> yeah. You won't be watching How him anymore. Your son is five. No, he's three and a half. Oh, three and a half. Oh, so he doesn't understand it. Yeah. No, not really. But he knows, yeah, like. Sh- that that was another thing. Like emotionally, like going back to the emotional roller coaster of the of of Andrew Luck retiring. Like, I all my family has Andrew Luck jerseys. Yeah, it's like I know it's stupid, but like it's just an interesting little thing. It's like oh yeah, like all my kids, my even Dina has one. Did you imagine that you know this is like similar to the Packers with Rodgers and Favre? Did you imagine that one day your love for Luck would surpass your luck for Manning? Your love for it, it never did though. Well, what? But I was saying, but if you, but if you had predicted like a week ago, if I said to you, when Andrew Luck retires, how will you feel about him versus Peyton Manning? And you were thinking, well, by then in twenty thirty. Yeah, I would have. have well, you know what? If Andrew Luck had not won a Super Bowl in Indiana, yeah, then I don't think it would have ever surpassed. Yeah. It needs to at yeah. least tie. Yeah. Um, I think it's also different in that Andrew Luck was like, a, as I said, it kept relevance. Yeah. Have you started uh, doing research for who the top quarterbacks are going to be in the draft next year? I mean, there's a few that everyone already knows. Um, yeah. No, I haven't. I don't. I actually don't think that that's that's Chris Ballard's mo. Yeah. I think he's more of a. He says it all the time. One person doesn't win. Doesn't doesn't win. One you know the team isn't won by one player. I think that you know there are other teams in the NFL that have 
you know, serviceable to good quarterbacks and yeah. to go very far. And I think I think Chris Ballard's MO is if I can get a generational quarterback, great. But if I can't, I'm going to build my defense. I'm going to build my offense. I'm going to bring in good uh, coaching staff and infrastructure and not make my quarterback win the game for me as it has to be, as it has been in the past. Yeah. Now, Keeve has been a big fan of saying, you know, for as long as we've had this podcast, Two to fifty-three, and he'd always bash the Colts as you know two to fifty-three, one of the worst teams in the league. Last year, that certainly was not the case. Last year, they were very good two to fifty-three, uh, but now this year, we'll get to see, I guess, exactly how good that two to fifty-three right. is going to be. Yes. So, uh, Jake, uh, I, I feel I, I feel like you're in too raw of an emotional state for me to drop the bomb on you. So I'm going to let you know that our podcast is wrapping up, which is not the way that we are doing it this season. But uh, good luck. And uh, may uh, may all your uh, Pacers uh, play to long, old, healthy ages. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.